Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. From Manchester, England to Brooklyn, USA, I'm Tom Hoy, and you're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio. This is an episode I've been dying to do for ages. I think my love of clothing could possibly stem from my love of the James Bond franchise. I was probably too young to see James Bond when I first actually sat down and watched the film, and I fell in love straight away. I became obsessed with suits, looking sharp, and a bit that probably got me the most was the 60s. The first film I remember watching was Goldfinger, probably the most iconic spy film of all time. So many films have replicated and paid homage to James Bond in one way or another, and the franchise has helped shape the industry that we know today. But not just because of their plots, outrageous gadgets and fast cars, but for their clothes also. Ever since Sean Connery wore that black tuxedo in his introduction in Doctor No, silver screen spies have adopted the look. In this episode, I'm joined by my very good friend and sponsor, of course, of this show, Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing, who himself has been inspired by James Bond and has actually recreated an iconic piece of his wardrobe. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Facebook at TomHoy, and over on Twitter at TomHoyDJ. And I'm also on YouTube, and the best way to find me is to search for TomTheMod over there. But right now, though, let's get thrown straight into the deep end. I'm Tom Hoy, and this is the Style of James Bond special of A Cut Above, right here on The Face Radio.
most Scottish actors start in the north and then come south. Why did you come straight down to London? Well, I don't very much if anyone in Scotland would have employed me. They employed me certainly for the other jobs, but not as an actor. You know, I hadn't uh, any real experience, and uh, it was more a sort of giggle in uh, in London at the uh, to join South Pacific do the audition. And, uh, because at the time I was home on a week, uh, down for a long weekend to London, you know, on holiday from the evening news, Edinburgh. And uh, so when I got the audition, they said, okay, you can come back in three months. So I went back and packed my bags, left Scotland, came back and joined South Pacific. And then it was into television after that? No, I was in the, did, uh, yeah, so on tour with plays, uh, with South Pacific, came back, did three or four plays at Q Theatre, which is sort of experimental theatre in London. It didn't work for about six months even. James Bond, the indestructible agent who thrives on trouble, both violent and voluptuous. On an exotic tropical island in the Caribbean, he meets the beautiful nature girl, Honey Child. There was this man who owned the place where we were living. He let me stay on for a while without paying. Then one night he came up to my room. I scratched his face and then... But he was stronger than I was. And what happened after that? I put a black widow spider underneath his mosquito net. A female and feather worst. It took him a whole week to die. Did I do wrong? Well, it wouldn't do to make a habit of it. See Sean Connery as James Bond, master of murder mystery and incredible suspense in Dr. No in color. Sean Connery's experience playing James Bond was groundbreaking. Not only did he put his own mark on the role, but he defined a character that is known all around the world. His take on the part combined a dangerous and romantic charm that had never been seen before. He perfectly embodied the sophistication and suave that the character of James Bond is known for, creating a pop culture icon that stands the test of time. The 1960s James Bond movies set the template for the spy and action movie genre, with an emphasis on gadgets, glamour, style and suspense. The inspiration from James Bond also led to the establishment of other franchises, such as Mission Impossible, The Bourne Identity and the ever-popular Lethal Weapon franchise. Overall, James Bond movies have changed the way we perceive spy and the action movie genre. Sean Connery's first outing as James Bond, of course, was in 1962 in Dr. No. The biggest box office hits worldwide in 1962 were Lawrence of Arabia, Doctor No, The Longest Day, Mutiny on the Bounty, The Music Man, How the West Was Won, The Touch of Mink, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Journey to the Centre of the Earth, and The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. One of the things Sean Connery is perhaps remembered most for are his suits by Anthony Sinclair, the London-based tailor who served as the official costumer to the James Bond film series. Sinclair's tailored designs were key to the swinging 60s look portrayed in the films and are credited with helping the shape of the suave and debonair Bond look. Sinclair also designed all of Sean Connery's wardrobe for all of the Bond films, resulting in an iconic look that has impacted fashion for decades. Sinclair also designed suits for other Bond actors, including George Lazenby, Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan. Another quintessential part of Sean Connery's look are his shoes, Throughout the Bond films, he wore various shoes, including the signature black monk strap shoes, as worn in Dr. No, 
brown suede chukka boots in Goldfinger, black paratrooper boots in Thunderball, and the white two-piece patent leather shoes in Diamonds Are Forever. We can't talk about Sean Connery, of course, without mentioning his watch. In Doctor No, Sean Connery wears a stainless steel Rolex GMT Master with a red and blue bezel. The watch was famously known as the Pepsi for its vivid red and blue colour combination. The timepiece featured a date window, a 24-hour bezel and a water-resistant construction. It was considered extremely durable and perfectly suited the action-packed movie. This watch has achieved a cult-like status, becoming a true symbol of elegance and success. The thing finishing off the James Bond look, of course, isn't just the clothes, it's not the accessories, it's the car. In Sean Connery's first film in 1962, it's often forgotten, but I think he had a really cool car. He drove a 1962 Sunbeam Alpine Series 2. The two-seater convertible featured a sunroof and white paint job. The Sunbeam Alpine also had a very powerful engine, making it the perfect car for a suave super spy like James Bond. Whew! Now, that was a lot of facts, and I appreciate You're either really bored or you're really interested. I hope you're interested. And I think it's about time now I welcomed on tonight's guest onto the show. And I mentioned, of course, it is, of course, Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing. And he's got some excellent James Bond clothing news for us. And Andy is also the fantastic sponsor of the show. He keeps us on the airwaves. So thank you very, very much, Andy. But before we hear from Andy, we're going to have a little bit of music. And it's probably from... I don't know if it's the first James Bond Bond film I saw, but it's definitely the one that had the biggest impact on me. And let's face it, it's probably the most iconic. It's Goldfinger. Girl, beware of this heart of gold. 
006. Evening 008. What's new? I'm fed up with 007, that's what's new. He's back in action and he's got the best assignment again. The Goldfinger case. You'd think James Bond would take it easy after tangling with Smirshin from Russia with love. Where does he get his energy? Always mixing thrills and girls, excitement and girls, danger. I know. And girls look. Maybe Goldfinger will nail him this time. Well, nobody's been able to do it yet. Yeah, but Goldfinger is really evil. He's got a personal bodyguard who's the world's greatest karate killer. And he's got the world's most beautiful man killer. Why, he's got secret weapons he hasn't even used yet. With all he's got going for him, how can Goldfinger miss? You know what, 008? I think we're going to get an assignment soon. See Sean Connery as Agent 007 in Ian Fleming's Goldfinger, a United Artists release in Technicolor. Welcome, Andrew Lindsay of Mod Choose and 66 Clothing to the show. Hello, Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, I'm stupidly chilled after coming back from Barcelona. So oh, uh... Very nice. Best behaviour because the sponsor himself is here. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah, the got their suits sponsor. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you have a nice holiday? Well, we only went for two, we went two nights, three days, really. Oh, and, um, nice. Yeah, fantastic, Tom. And uh, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd venture that, yeah, like, like Rome, it's full of, what is it, mod? I don't know about mod, but it's just very cool. Mm, you know? mm. And and it's very cool, the tapas, all the architecture. Yeah. Um, all, all of the cool things. You go down to the the, the beach and the, the harbour, there's all the, the massive yachts, you know, there's yeah. all the designer shops, so you get to have a good look around them. It's it's lovely. Yeah, good wines, wines yeah. everywhere. You well, know. Spain it, is it, just it, lovely altogether, isn't it? So, yes. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think this is... You know, just I hate to go off, but it's a good topic. You know, because we'll get us on to James Bond. Is it's that it's it's obviously it's very European, but it's very European, mm. and arguably, you know, that first Doctor No was perhaps the first time that people saw that European look. Definitely, you, not the grey of England. It was the Jamaica. It was yeah. the, the colours. It was all the brightness, mm. and you know, the first time people had really seen that. And uh, um, yeah, and I. I can see why that would have been very appealing. Yeah, definitely. Especially to somebody from like, I don't know, Grantham or something. Why am I picking on Grantham? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it, it, it yeah. from a kind of a, a small community and then you go there and everything's bright and everybody's friendly and they're all eating yeah. well and, and they're dressed well and, you know, the sun's mm. out. That must have been such a shock to England. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is, as you said, this is the James Bond special and you're here because... Uh, Mod Shoes and 66 have just released an absolutely stunning top, haven't they? Ready for summer. Yes. And what is it and what can you tell us about it? Well, it's, uh, we're calling it the Dr. No, which if you, I don't think anybody in the world is, doesn't know what Dr. No is. You know, it's, <laughs> it's obviously a reference to James Bond. The story goes, um, I go, um, Luke and Gemma, who used to do the lives with me, if you remember during lockdown, um, they've, their family's got a, um, uh, the caravan near, near Sheringham. And we go and visit them once a year because they have a week there. And, you know, we go and visit them. And there's loads of lovely little shops in Sheringham. And I'm always like, it's a lovely road. It's really like old England, you know, mm-hmm. little place. And I was in one and I picked out this top and I went, wow, that looks like something Sean Connery would have worn when he worked, um, was modelling for Vince's. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just looked at it and I thought, this is ace. And Nicky's like, are you sure? And I went, no, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it does and look like, like the one that he's wearing next to Honey Rider, doesn't he? In the, the, oh, the famous beach scene. 
Well, this the one I'd got was knitted, but I'd seen several other companies, um, especially in America, like surf people doing them out of Terry Towling. Mm. And we've got a, a lady working for us now doing some consultancy. And we I said on how I'd like to have this bit in Terry Town. And she said, Well, we can get that done. And um, so it's been very she's been very helpful. And she's ranged. That's why we're doing all this made in England stuff. Yeah. So yeah, when I saw it in the Terry Towers, I said if you did it in light blue in the Terry Towering, it just looks like that Doctor No bit, isn't it? And when, yeah, when he's definitely. lying there and you know, she, honey, honey comes out of the water, I mean it's just divine <laughs> so, so will we, we can we expect the matching shorts to have the full um, suit well that, that was a later one was it was that gold and gold finger or so something? In, yeah i think as well in thunderball he has the full That's, oh gold finger yeah. he does actually yeah in miami you're right you're right yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um i don't know about the shorts <laughs> uh... i'm all for for some reason i really like especially with cuban shirts i want that i'd love that to come back with a cuban shirt and matching short combo. If it's done right, I think it could look okay. It's, if not, you could look crazy. But yeah, I think it's a difficult one, Tom, isn't it? It's because we were talking about how things look right on certain people, and and you know, and without being, you know, your shade of skin. You know, mm. we're pasty white men, yep. and some things work on us, and some things don't. Yeah. Um, I think on Sean Connery in that particular one, he's been in Jamaica a couple of days. He's bronzed up a bit. Yeah. You know, light <laughs> yeah. top. I mean, it. I'm in Salford. That's not going to be a good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be probably a harder look. But yeah. like you say, I think it depends how you put it together and where you wear it. You know, I I don't. It would have to be an extremely hot day here, or quite a warm day for me to to wear that. But there's things I want to wear on holiday, and where I sit with Nikki, and we're having a nice drink, and we want to. I said, oh, I can't wait to wear that on holiday. Yeah. And and I said, I, I'm really looking forward to sitting there with you, looking at the sea, looking at the sun, drinking a nice carver. You yeah, know, yeah. Wearing something nice. You know, that's that's the dream. Or that the, mm. it goes through my head, you know. It's, and that uh, top is like the perfect blend in it of looking smart and comfortable because that the material, as you said, it's so soft. It's perfect for a hot climate, isn't it? And you just yeah. look the business in it. In uh, Barcelona, wearing that top, it was sitting there. We we did literally do that. We literally sat at the front having a lovely carver, you know, sangria mm. carver, and I was wearing the top, and I was thinking, this is pretty cool. You know, yeah, yeah, I, feel, yeah. I feel cool, you know, and. Yeah, you know, that's so big-headed. <laughs> you do, I do think, when I'm thinking of the clothes we do, you know, it's very easy to say, you know, you read books and they say, if you're designing a collection, you know, you need one of this, one of that, one of that. But sometimes you've got to sort of think to yourself, well, where are people going to wear this? Yeah. And I want to feel nice on holiday, you know, and I want to I want to have something cool and, and look good. And that's literally, sometimes you don't need to overthink it. You just think, will this look nice on holiday? Yes. Would I buy it? Yes. Done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I mean, everyone watching them James Bond films where he's dressed like that, it's kind of, they're the ultimate films for kind of inspiration of how to dress abroad for British men, definitely, I think, because yes. we have such rubbish weather most of the time here. When you see a film like that, you you just want to be that guy on screen, don't you? No matter if it's yeah. the villain or James Bond. Well, yeah, I mean, Sid's sexist moment coming. I mean, I want to be here <laughs> just because I want Ursula Andress to come towards me. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but joking aside, yeah, of course, you know, it's kind of, of course you want to be James Bond. Who wouldn't want to be James Bond? You know, it's kind mm. of, yeah, it's, it's fantasy stuff, obviously. 
but but at the same time, I don't. Is there any even the Roger Moore where he's wearing some of the more camp jackets? They're yeah. still pretty cool. Yeah, they're cool, and I suppose <clears throat> some stuff has dated badly, but I suppose for their era, they must have been the height of fashion. Like the stylists on that film would have dressed him in kind of what every man wanted to wear, really, wouldn't they? Yes, yeah, I I, I agree with you there, Tom. I think there's some, um, yeah, because like you say, because then is it Lazenby? So then you kind of Lazenby, mm. then it's then it's Roger Moore, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, even Timothy Dalton. It's Timothy Dalton the eighties one, isn't he? So, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Roger Dal- uh, Roger Moore started looking a little bit old, didn't he? Bless him in the eighties, yeah. and so he looked. I mean, he was fifty. I uh, he could have been older. Fact check correction here. It was fifty-seven, Tom. Call yourself a fan. Uh, yeah, he was very old when he, he finished View to a Kill. He he looks like he could be James Bond's granddad by yeah. the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, because nobody liked, a lot of people sort of didn't like, um, is it, it Timothy Dalton? Was it then Piers? Piers Brosnan, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked him. He was my first James, because that was the first, I as a kid, I wasn't, you know, honesty moment here. I mm. didn't watch it a lot because I couldn't, because it's so fanciful, my yeah. little literal brain would be like, well, that would never happen. You would never survive. Yeah. yeah. And then you kind of get older and then you sort of laugh at the the, the fact that it's so ridiculous. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you know, and you, and you laugh at that. And I got into it. I think The World Is Not Enough was my first one. And, yeah. and it had only been out like a two years. Is that the Tina Turner one when she sings? Uh, Goldeneye. It might have been Goldeneye. Golden so that, that was '94, yeah. I think, when I was born. Yeah, that I came think, out. Yeah, that might have been my first one I remember watching, and then subsequently I've watched them all since. Mm. Calling all listeners! This is a special announcement. If you have not seen Daniel Craig's latest film, No Time to Die, and you don't want to hear any spoilers, please come back in five minutes. Go and make yourself a martini shaken not stirred you have been warned okay back to wendy who's about to give everything away you know um what did what did you i don't think we're giving anything away what did you think to the most recent one where obviously he passed well so at first i I think i i didn't speak for about two weeks i was speechless but (laughs) if i'm honest i thought it was a very clever way of ending it and it it made it kind of more three-dimensional than he, he kind of ever has been he was this character that could die. And I think w- when you're in the cinema and you realise at that point, oh my God, he is, he's going to die. You kind of, it made it a bit more of an impactful film because it, it it reminded me of Honor Majesty's Secret Service where Lazenby is physically almost like crying when his wife is killed. It yeah. kind of, it makes the character, it gives it more substance, I think. I, yeah. I quite liked the ending. At first yeah. I didn't. I went to the cinema a couple of times, believe it or not, <laughs> to watch it. But I, I quite liked it. I thought it was, if you were Daniel Craig, that was quite a fulfilling way to end your, your yeah, yeah. Run I, of I, I, it's a good film as well. Uh, yeah, the the yeah. bit at the start where is it, is it they go to Greece? Is it Greece or is it Italy? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, is, 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 sure. and, and he's being tra- He's going to visit yeah. his exes or something like that, and then. Oh, it's Italy, probably, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and he's on the motorbike. Oh, fantastic opening. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, even the opening uh, where it's uh, like the flashback of uh, his wife uh, 
when she was a kid being kind of stalked by the guy trying to kill her husband and she's they're in that chalet in the snow. It's terrifying for a Bond film, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's really... Yeah. That was like, Jesus, this is... I even heard Daniel Craig say they had to kind of... When they were writing that, they had to go, wait, we need to scale it back. It's a Bond film. We can't be that terrifying. But I thought it was brilliant. It was great. Yeah, that 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 was that was very clever. That that you you just reminded me of that, and that was like that was a that's because that feels like a very modern. Um, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Nikki watch quite a lot. Oh, was it like the Scandinavian dramas? Mm. And they could be a bit kind of more edgy. Yeah, yeah. They're it's more very edgy. much like one of those, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 And um, and we liked. Is it Baptiste? Do you, yeah, do, yeah, yeah, friend, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a bit like because that's quite near the knuckle stuff as i call it yeah you're like yeah. oh you know that all moment where you're all oh, yeah you yeah know, and yeah you like and you think oh i don't know if i like that you know whereas james bond is always a bit sort of they were saying um i was listening to somebody talking about um saving private ryan the other day oh yeah and they were talking about the fact that um that first 20 minutes and uh, sorry we're getting off subject but it's no, no. but they were talking about the idea that they wanted to show the brutality of war yeah, you know, and and bringing that, so that's why they had that twenty minutes of like, you know, oh my god, you you know, and you, no. I remember going to the cinema and watching that, and, and we've got popcorn, and you know, and I'm sitting there, and literally I stopped eating the popcorn, and you're like, yeah, yeah, it sends that. you right there, doesn't it? That film, really oh, good, yeah, amazing yeah. film. But that, but to get just a tiny bit of that in that James Bond was a bit of a that was a shudder moment. Yeah, like agree, yeah, agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was very strange. Yeah, and it does make you think if that's what it's like for Daniel Craig, and they're going to do more after that. It's like, well, how does it develop more than that? Are they going to be more terrifying? Are they going to be more? I, I don't know. Like it because they have to move at the times, I suppose, doesn't it? So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, from because here. yeah, the, the light and day between. I mean, Doctor No is. Politically incorrect in and and compared to what he would be like now, they're very politically incorrect, and you would by no means get away with that now whatsoever. No. But no, no, yeah, and, they, and the way, especially with the women, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's so out of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was what was interesting about uh, the latest film, wasn't it? They got Phoebe Waller Bridge to um, be a writer on it for like her perspective and make it more kind of a more diverse film and i think they definitely they they achieved that didn't they? And daniel craig was very good at kind of in his role making him seem kind of like a a man almost stuck in his ways at points but realizing yeah, well, that it's it, not well, a man's this world is, this is this is the thing though isn't it because we're we, me and you are living through an age i mean i lived through the 90s where there was the we kind of got politically correct. And then we had New Lad, which was like, boobs, boobs. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, and, you know, and arguably the, the, the mod thing came back through that because it was all like lads and yeah. dressing smart and peacocking and all of that. And now we've gone to kind of where we are into what some people might refer to as woke culture. Mm. So everybody's been on the best behaviour again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I dare say it will then tip over again and, yeah. you know, lads will start being brunch again, you know. and, and but But there's a point where... I think even somebody like James Bond, you, you know, even when he plays, does the swords with Madonna in, oh, what one's that? Oh, is, is it Dying of a Day? Yes. Yep. 
Yep. You know, he's he's respecting her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he he didn't think to get. He's not going to get Madonna in bed. No, no, no. And he's not going to pat her on the you know on the head and go, "Well done, dear." Yeah. You, you know, it's it's moved on, and I. That's not a bad thing, is it, Tom? I think no, no. Yeah. And it's yeah. good that they move on, and I think yeah, always the the franchise would just die, wouldn't it? It would it wouldn't last. It would not be as successful as it has been. They're very good reflections of the times, aren't they? Like. Sean yes. Connery is all about the Cold War, wasn't he? And then now yeah. it's all cyber terrorism and stuff. And it, they've gone about... I don't know, you can see as well why they delayed the release of that film because yeah. of COVID. It just, like, they couldn't yeah. have been in mass panic if people yeah, had yeah. seen there, that. There was loads of, yeah, there was loads of things in it. I mean, it's... But like you say, like, you know, when you think about the early ones, which are... They feel like... They, dare I say this? I love them, but they do feel antique. You know, they feel old. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't make a film like that anymore. No, you, you, you just went. And more importantly, that we're just more. It's like when you watch old comedies. Yeah. You know, I'm. You know, if you watch something like oh, I don't know what what was I used to laugh at like out loud, like ain't off Hotman. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, the seventies, yeah. oh, it's really funny. You watch it now, and go, this is rubbish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas. Something's going to be, you know, that's just like, you know, we both love the Beatles. You know, it's it's kind of, they they are really good because it still seems really good. Andrew Lindsay there talking all things James Bond and James Bond style here on the James Bond style special of A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio. I think it's time now. We've spoke a lot about Sean Connery, but we should, of course mention what I think could possibly be one of the most stylish James Bonds and, of course, the most underrated James Bond out of the lot, the second Bond, George Lazenby. George Lazenby is perhaps one of the most interesting Bonds out of the lot of them. There's a really good documentary on him where it's actually kind of docudrama where George Lazenby is uh, narrating his life story right in front of you, how he became Bond. And it is, of course, aptly named Becoming Bond. George Lazenby started off uh, basically as a school dropout, a car salesman, and basically it's really good. I haven't got enough time to go into it all, but he basically almost upcycled himself to a model and then ultimately James Bond, the most famous man on the planet. Um, Please go and watch it after you've listened to this. It is a fantastic film. I believe you can get it on Amazon Prime or BritBox or something like that well worth a watch if you haven't already seen it. George Lazenby's style as James Bond was mainly traditional with a contemporary twist. He wore classic materials such as tweed and wool, and his style was updated with slightly wider lapels than Sean Connery. We'll breeze over the part where he wears a kilt. There's some bad jokes in those scenes as well that's just... not aged well. Lazenby's first and last Bond film, of course, was On Her Majesty's Secret Service in 1969, It follows Bond as he foils Blofeld's evil plans. Critics praised its action sequences and Lazenby's performance. Viewers enjoyed the film, praising its suspenseful score and direction. Mixed reviews were given, however, to its updating of the Bond character for an audience of the late 60s. Although never one of the most profitable 007 films, Honor Majesty's Secret Service has gained a strong reputation amongst Bond fans. And I am one of them. I honestly think it's one of... I don't know. I can never pick a a favourite James Bond film. It's like picking a favourite child. But I think it's one of them. My two favourite Bond films, I would say, are probably... uh, 
You Only Live Twice and Honor Majesty's Secret Service, both for different reasons. It's an amazing film. A lot of people dismiss it because they hear just kind of what people say about it rather than going and watching it themselves and deciding. But I think it's an amazing film. The plot is brilliant. And I think Lazenby would have been a great Bond that would have lasted a long time had he just kind of stuck it out. But what a fantastic performance, I think. Go and watch that. Add that to your viewing list after this. Far up. Far out. Far more. James Bond is back on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And this time, they drop a mountain on him. Albert R. Broccoli and Harry Salzman present Ian Fleming's On Her Majesty's Secret Service on a steel cable, on a racing bobsled, on a ton of dynamite, on one ski, back comes Bond, down comes the mountain, on comes the excitement. In the biggest 007 adventure of them all, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. George Lazenby, Diana Rigg, Telly Savalas, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. In color from United Artists, entertainment from Transamerica Corporation. This picture has been rated M. Mature audiences. This never happened to the other fella.
George Lasby, the new James Bond. Now, how do you feel about stepping into the ready-made image of a tough guy and an international sex symbol? Well, I must admit it hasn't been bad so far, but um, I gather it has its uh, problems, as I'm starting to find out as I go along. George, obviously there's going to be some comparison between yourself and Sean Connery. How do you think this comparison will affect your image? I wasn't compared with Sean Connery before. And now it can only lead to better things, I hope. Now, before you, you got this role, you were doing commercials for a, a, mm. a chocolate manufacturer. How difficult was the transition? <clears throat> well, it was one of those things. You've got to accept the fact that you've now I've got a lucky break and uh, do it the best you can. And just take it as another job. That's what I'm doing, really. It's going along as if, uh, okay, now I'm an actor. Hello, you're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, for this James Bond-style special. My guest tonight, of course, which I'm in the middle of talking to, is Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing, who has made something pretty special. And it is, of course, the Dr. No-inspired James Bond top, which is available to purchase now over at modshoes.co.uk. Anyway, back to the chat with Andy. So I was going to say, actually, going back to your the, the top, the Doctor No top you brought out, is there anything else you've seen in James Bond films that you think I'd love to make that or Ooh. anything else that's kind of inspired you since making this one? Um, do you know, I, I, I must sit, Luke's got all the DVDs and I must sit and just go for all of them, you know, just watch yeah. them. I have one that I think them. you would really like. You should watch, I know you've seen it, but Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Lazenby, I think, some of the the bomber jackets he's wearing, the ski jackets, and there's one where he's got like a, uh, a, it's almost like a scooter smock, really. It's like a Scandinavian army kind of smock when he's out of the helicopter and he's sliding on his belly with the machine oh, yeah, gun in yeah. his hand. Yeah. It's such a cool look. That's a great film for style. Yeah, no, 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 I, I agree with you. I think the thing with coats, we've had a, hold on, I can't say the word, peripheration, that is not, <laughs> that we've had a lot of sort of smocks recently. I mean, it's, so I kind of, the, the guy, um, who's the Italian, does, is it Connection Knitwear? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he does some beautiful stuff. And um, he's done lots of different sort of jackets and, you know, parkers with all sorts of different construction. Mm. And they're amazing. Yeah. But, but I, I, I do get the impression there's quite a few of them now. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, and the the other obvious one is the um oh the Kirk Douglas where he wears the the oh, the, the blue ones, which is in Sweden. Yeah, I didn't uh here is a telemark. Yes. Yes, it's very much that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are so beautiful that blue is so lovely i don't know if it's the coloration of the film yeah i don't know what it yeah that that's the reason that film on its own is probably the reason why i love those coats it, especially with like i've never worn it that way but i'd love to wear it with like you know the kind of rolled up beanies that they have with that and yeah. the turtleneck underneath really cool look proper cool i think we just live in a fantasy world then Tom. yeah I, i'm playing dress up every day <laughs> <laughs> I'm dress up every day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I think I think that, that that would work for me. But getting back to James Bond, there's um we've got quite a few iconic pieces up over there. I've got sort of some iconic stuff to do for the um uh, for winter. Mm. We do something every year, you know. Um, there's more Beatles stuff. There's a Madness one this year, which oh, um, cool. is nice. quite nice. And one from Quadrophenia, which I don't think anyone's oh. done. So that'd be uh, interesting, especially yeah, if it's not yeah. one someone's done before. That's that's. 
Yeah, Very not in this way. And it suits our brand. So I think that'll I think it'll fit. Nice. I don't think anyone's done it. I certainly couldn't find any picture evidence of it when I was doing my thing. And I'm not saying any more on it. So uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um so that 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 I hope is gonna sell. James Bond, yeah, I need to go through them. If you perhaps you could start the modern way and go this way and we'll meet halfway. Yeah, we'll, that sounds good that's... to me. I don't need an excuse to watch them. That's fine with me. <laughs> and, um, and I know with your current Dr. No top, there's some more plans for that, isn't there? Yeah, we've got there's quite a few colours you can get. And um they've both sold okay. You know, we're, yeah. we're pleased. Um we've got um what we're doing now di- differently is is that the 66 is gonna have its own website. And I've got a quite a quite strong belief about uh, photography and video. Yeah. And what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to show that the clothes and you can feel the weight of them. So, you know, when you jostle them with your fingers, I know yeah. nobody can see this, but I'm basically holding my, my, my top and sort of moving it with my fingers. I'm, I'm a belief that clothes don't sell well online. Mm. You can't get an idea of how that feels. You yeah, don't know, know thin, thick, whatever. And so 66 is, I've been doing more and more imagery. And I think once a few people have had these tops and they feel how soft they are, like you, you've said, yeah. I think we'll, we'll be onto a good seller. I hope, yeah. you know, because they're English made. Um, in terms of future development, yeah, I've got a thing over there, which has got like all the different colours you can get. Um, yeah, I should do some wacky colours. I should do some sedate colours just, just because we can. And I yeah. think it's quite a nice top. You know, just, I mean, it's a top that could work in loads of different colours, couldn't it? I don't see yeah. just about any colour. Yeah, I mean, the, the viewers are not going to be able to see these, but I'll just show Tom on the screen now. They've yep. got two swatch cards, and that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, there must be, what, 25 different colours I can do? You know. And, yeah. uh, um, no, you're spoilt for choice there. Yeah, yeah. And and, and if we want enough, they'll dye whatever colour we want. So Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but look, you know, we're, we're going to run out before, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll do more of them. And I'd, we've got more, just moving that on, we've got more English stuff coming, um, which I'm pleased about. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, because by the time it comes out, it's, we've got a Beatles top over there, um, which is, um, so when you watch Help, yeah. at the end of it, when they're in the Bahamas, and it's the bit where they're on the bikes and they've run away, and then John Lennon says... Come on, lads, let's go back and get them. <laughs> right, it's right. The yeah. top he wears then. Right, okay. I'll try and I'll, I'll watch that back. And I'll run. It's a matter of life. It's a matter of death. It's 007. My name's Bob. James Bob. It's live and let die. It's livelier, it's deadlier. It's Roger Moore as James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's. Live and let die. United Artists, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Are the Bond movies as much fun to make as all the people who envy you making them think they are, or can even that be drudgery? Uh, well, I, I have fun when I'm working. I love, I, I, you know, I just love going to the studio or mm-hmm. going on location and feeling wanted, you know, and getting paid on Fridays. Yeah. And having my face painted and my hair combed and people giving me wardrobe to wear. I mean, it's all wonderful. Yeah, I know, yes, they're, they're fun to make and they are, in a sense, hard work. They're, physically, they're hard. And also, if you're Bond, you're, you're in every scene. And the schedule is usually about six months. And that means every day from the crack of dawn. And we, most of it's on location, so it's a six-day week. 
so they're long hours. Yeah. And it takes you away from hearth and home, of course. Yeah. Was there any concern when you took over the part on the part of um, studios, or do they worry about this sort of thing at all, about um, the fact that the image of Sean Connery was so strong in everybody's mind as Bond? Was there any conscious effort given to either matching it in some ways, getting away from it in others, or did they just throw the dice and hope people well, would accept it? Well, uh, well Guy Hamilton, uh, as I mentioned before, he directed the first Bond I did, mm -hmm. and we went to lunch and, and, you know, discussing any reservations that I had or he might have. And he said, we will deliberately, you know, obviously you've got to say my name is, I said, because that's the thing that wakes me up at night. I keep hearing myself saying, my name is Bond, James Bond. And, and I, I, I mustn't do that, you know, because I, I can't do any more. That's the limit of my talent as a mimic. And so he said, we will avoid things like shaken, not stirred, anything that Sean did. His name is Bond, James Bond. He's taken you on eight of the most exciting adventures in motion picture history. Now, get ready for the greatest 007 adventure of all, The Man with the Golden Gun. He has a powerful weapon. He charges a million a shot. An assassin, assassin to The Man with the Golden Gun. Starring Roger Moore as James Bond. 007. He's on a collision course with the most dangerous Bond villains, the most beautiful Bond women, the most incredible Bond action ever. Don't miss Roger Moore in The Man with the Golden Gun from United Artists. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Roger Moore appeared in a total of seven James Bond films, more than any other actor. Moore's Bond was often seen as being more comic relief than the earlier, more serious Bonds, often utilising wisecracks and funny one-liners. He also opened up the role to more light-hearted themes and gadgets. His first film, Live and Let Die, came out in 1973 and was a box office hit, grossing $161.8 million worldwide. Adjusted for inflation, this would equate to $882 million today. It was the 8th highest grossing movie of 1973. It was also the first Bond movie to gross over $100 million worldwide. The look that was synonymous with Roger Moore's look as James Bond, of course, was the safari suit. Love it or hate it, when you think of Roger Moore as James Bond, for me anyway, the safari suit is one of the first things that comes to mind. The safari suit originates from the 1930s when British army officers wore them on safari in Africa. They were designed for long hot days in the sun with lightweight materials like linen, khaki and cotton and multiple pockets for carrying personal items. The suit became fashionable, especially in Germany and Japan, where it quickly became a regular wardrobe item for men. It is now considered to be a classic style, though its popularity has declined in recent decades. I think it's a look that Personally, I wouldn't wear, but it definitely suited Roger Moore's style as James Bond. He had that kind of stiff upper lip kind of officer approach, that kind of laid backness about him. And I think he suited that perfectly well. It's also kind of like a more casual bit of tailoring as opposed to kind of the tuxedo that Sean Connery wore more. Roger Moore was almost a kind of laid back character and the safari suit, the relaxed cotton, almost reflected his uh, style of his portrayal of Ian Fleming's Bond. <laughs> 
Before I let you go, then I have going to put you on the spot. I for, basically because I forgot to ask you before we came on, so I'm going to put you on the spot with it. But um, okay. can you pick your favourite James Bond song? So title tune. Oh, oh gosh. Um, oh, what's the what's the one that Robbie Williams? Um, oh. Um, Yes, it's all. Uh, you only live twice. He sampled it, didn't he? Yes, yeah. I, I really Nancy Sinatra. No, 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 no. I hold on. Come on, Beatles moment. <laughs> what's it going? It's going to have to be the. Was it? Was it? What's your face say? Uh, Alan Partridge said, "Wings." The band. Oh, live and let die. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing one, isn't it? Like, yeah. And yeah. McCartney. They apparently the producers didn't want him. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine not wanting McCartney, just being like, no, 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 thanks. Who is yeah, <laughs> that, that was just mad. I mean, I get why they say it, because they say it sounds a little bit like a demo. And I wonder if it's because they're used to, McCartney's got a great voice, but I don't think he's got an operatic voice. No, no, no. I mean, you've just had like, yeah, Shirley Bassey and Tom Jones, and then, yeah, Paul McCartney. It's a, but I, I love that. It's very of the time, isn't it? It suits Roger Moore's kind of yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. That, and, the, and the way it goes, uh, uh, at the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah no, it's pretty. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um, just the song Jet. And yep. they were making the point, they said, surely they've just wrote that to play stadiums in America because so, it's like, Jet! Yeah. You don't need to know any words. Yeah. And I can't hear that without thinking Alan Partridge. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why, like, live and let die is it, it's quite it's quite good. Um, I don't I don't even mind. Um, I hate Duran Duran with a vengeance. Duran Duran are not allowed here. At, um, Simon my... Parr is listening somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to play Duran Duran, Bon Jovi. You're not allowed to come in. Um, what those horrible um, plastic things with holes in them? Uh, sliders. 
Oh. <laughs> and, and the other, oh, the Crocs. You're not allowed to come to work in yeah, Crocs. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's literally, uh, you're going home and getting changed. <laughs> and I'm not joking. <laughs> no, no, I don't blame you as well. No, I don't blame uh, you. Uh, uh, um, you. No, 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 no. Go home. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but the, um, I quite like the, the Durand Duran one. Um, is, there anything, is there anything I don't like? Um, Goldfinger's good. What's your favourite, Tom? Probably You Only Live Twice. I think. Okay. I love that. Um, what do you have? Have you heard Jack White and Alicia Keys's one? Another mm. way to die. I must have heard it because there's an interesting story. It goes that was for Quantum of Solace, and basically, um, the original choice was Amy Winehouse, but she died before they went into production. Oh. And they asked Jack White, and he knew that they basically wouldn't. Well, he kept lines. He wanted to push the boundaries of what a Bond song could sound like and yep. basically told him, oh, look, I don't have any time to, to edit it, sorry, and change it. But basically he did. He just lied. He was like, oh, no, I don't have enough time. I, 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 sorry. This is... So they had to basically go with what they gave, what he gave them. So, but it's a, a quite, I quite like it. It's I'm trying to remember, I shall, I shall go and listen to it in a second. You know, well, yeah. Uh, um... Yeah, I, I I don't know why I can't remember it. I just I, I just I just can't. You know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this. This this is a conversation starter. I know we're trying to wrap up, but no, no. It's 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 funny with modern music, and I don't want to sound like a complete old man, because it, it, it this doesn't happen either. I can't remember modern music. I don't know. That sounds like a ridiculous thing. No, yeah, it's less kind of like ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, there's fewer bits of music about to be able to whistle to nowadays, isn't there? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know I mean, what you mean. And, and it's like, my daughter listens to like Taylor Swift. Oh, God, mm. I sound like an old man. And um, I listen to that and I just think, where's where's the tune? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and um, because it just seems to be sort of like, it doesn't seem to have any dynamics or anything. God, I sound Yeah, like... we've gone past <laughs> the days of like verse, chorus, verse, and then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yep. don't get me wrong. There's plenty of songs which don't have verses. I don't know, like you know, well, have I have I have love will travel doesn't, but it's got that great. It's got a great hook. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know anyway. So <laughs> when it when it comes to modern things, they they, they tend to they, they don't go in my ears. Yeah, which is weird. So perhaps that's why I don't remember it. Which is I'd say I can be very rude about Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. It just hasn't gone in. Um, well. Have a listen to it. Text me the verdict, 
and okay. I'll read out the verdict on the show. That would be yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners. Yeah, so if you're going to play one, live and, live and let die. Live and let die. Cool. Yeah, yeah, Great yeah, choice. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of any others that, that spring to mind. It's, it's, it's obvious because the Beatles thing as well. So I can yeah, say yeah, Beatles yeah, yeah. again, you know, it's kind of a, one of those. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, well, good, Tom. Nice one. Well, that is your choice. Thanks a lot for coming on, Andy. And thank you for being the sponsor of the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for everybody who listens. Tom's a, a great DJ. And thank you, everybody who keeps buying our stuff. I'm, I'm so... It, it does make me feel... that, that You've heard me say this before, Tom, but I will just say it. Yeah. On Christmas Day, I wake up every year and I know loads of people have got our stuff for their Christmas presents. Yeah, that must and be nice. And it's the loveliest feeling. And I literally glide around Christmas Day. You know, I know it's nine months away and all of that, but it means people buy our stuff and they love it. And it's yeah. really, it's a really lovely feeling that, you know, something I've sort of like this John Lennon top that, you know, I'm holding up. I've took time to think about it and it makes me happy that it makes people happy. Mm. You know what I mean? No, so that's with good. that, that's a good way to end with me. When you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry say live and let die
Live and Let Die, chosen by tonight's guest, Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing, his favourite Bond theme. I mean, that has to be one of the best, doesn't it? And a really cool thing about that was, for me personally, that was the first song I played as we hit into 2023. I DJed that, um, me and Ollie Davis at Night and Day did uh, the New Year's Eve shift and that was the first song we played as the clock struck midnight and it was a really special moment and I thought that was just such a cool song to hit into the new year. Anyway, a moment ago I was saying to Andy about a song that I think is maybe a little underrated. I wonder what you all think at home. I'd love to know what you think. Remember, you can follow me before I tell you what the song is, of course. You can follow me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ and Facebook at Tom Hoy, and the song is, of course, Jack White and Alicia Keys, Another Way to Die, and it was, of course, the theme tune for Quantum of Solace, starring Daniel Craig. Here it is.
Another Way to Die, Jack White and Alicia Keys for Quantum of Solace. I'm Tom Hoy and you're listening to the James Bond style episode of A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio. From the soul of Brooklyn, you're listening to The Face Radio. Artists, how to make the perfect martini a movie. Start with one cool customer. Add some, a dash of, a little spice. Mix well. Shaken, not stirred. And presto. Bond is back. Timothy Dalton is 007 in License to Kill. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Literally on top of things, and he's joining us this morning. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Uh, you take a little license with license in this. It's L I C E N C E. Yeah. Well, that's the British spelling. It is. Yeah, yeah. The American audiences all look at that and say, "Oh, but they know what it means." Oh, they, they okay, know what all right. it means. All right. Well, they look at Bond and say he can do anything but can spell. That's. <laughs> but it is the British spelling of license. It is. Yeah. Those stunts. I, when I saw the movie, I mean, I'm always amazed at at what you guys do in those movies. How much of that? I know it's the old question, but how much of that is you and how much of that? Well, quite a lot of it's me. Um, I've always felt right from when I took over in the living daylights that the audience must be able to identify with Bond. So I've always made a point of getting involved in everything. Uh, that little clip you've just seen, um, I did get out of the aeroplane on the wire. Mm. And, th and when it actually hooks the, I think it's a Cessna plane, helicopter, that's, mm. is that actually a helicopter in a plane or those Oh, models? it was done for real. I mean, that, that wide shot Terrific. of David happening was done for real. Terrific yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you had, I understand, a close call in a stunt this time. Is that right? I don't think so. I heard that you'd grabbed onto something and your watch oh, caught on a... Uh... Well, I, I cut my finger once, but that wasn't doing a stunt. That was in the studio. The stunts are safe. I mean, we've got a terrific team of stunt men, terrific team of special effects people, and they make sure everything's safe because it's only a movie. Mm. It's when you're doing something very ordinary and very simple and quite controlled that you have accidents. Yeah, I just... Coming over a conveyor belt, I caught my finger. Yeah, well, where else would you do? Coming over a conveyor belt, over an airplane, <laughs> what, whatever. Is there, for a while, Bond seemed to be getting to be a caricature, maybe a little bit of a cartoonist. Is he back to more of a... I felt he was more of a regular... <clears throat> well, I'd like to think so. It's certainly been everything I've aimed for and everything I've committed to. I think Bond now in this film certainly is right back in the world that the real James Bond inhabits. It is dangerous, it's tough, it's a lot more violent, it's exciting and tense. Explain, if you can, me, to me. I have, since movie number one, waited for these things to come out, I go see them. There is, I mean, how it's 16 movies now that have been made. Why am I still <laughs> as anxious to see number 16 as I was number one? What is it that holds people in these movies? I think basically they are good stories. I mean, the formula is good. You've got good against evil, a hero uh, representing us against all that we perceive to be evil. But I think more importantly, I think Mr. Broccoli's always made films that have spared no effort to be better than the one before. Maybe they've not all succeeded in that, but there's no expense nor effort spared, and the best people are always used. So they're terrific films, each one. But there are plenty of actors have tried to do larger than life you know, caricatures, mm. and there's lots of adventure films, etc. And they work once, mm. twice. Sometimes you can get three out of it. Not 16. I mean, that's an incredible 
um, span for a, for a series of stories. Mm. Yes, it is, <laughs> and let's hope it carries on. Yeah, yeah. Um, would, will there be more? If this one is successful, and we hope it will, we made this because The Living Daylights was a great success worldwide. Um, that's why we made this, and if this one is, but that's down to you, it's down to the audience, it's mm. down to everybody. Is there a time when the, when the producers get together and think, now we've got to come up with, I, I mean, you know, how many different stunts, how many different ways to do in people? Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a bit like music, there's only so many notes you can play. Yeah. The interesting thing is, if you take um, any specific stunt, you've got to think of a new location for it, a new way of doing it. I thought on, uh, for example, The Living Daylights, the... Uh, the two guys fighting on the bag hanging out of a Hercules aeroplane at right. 15,000 feet. Was, we've all seen fights, but that was a new location on this movie. What we do with those trucks and what we do with that plane and helicopter at the beginning is fantastic. It really is. It's fantastic. finding new places and new ways to perhaps to do the same stunts. Are they fun? Oh, it's great fun. It really is, yeah. You're not, because yeah. you you have a very serious acting background, and sometimes I wonder if, you know, if you're thinking, geez, I don't know if I should be doing this, or... Oh, no, because I love going to watch films like James Bond movies, mm. you know, and why not, as part of a career, as part of life, as much variety as possible is best. License to kill. United Artists, Timothy Dalton in a brand new Bond. License to Kill, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Starts Friday, July 14th at theaters everywhere. Timothy Dalton played James Bond twice in the franchise, in 1987 in Living Daylights and in 1989, License to Kill. He brought a sense of seriousness to the role and a physicality that had not been seen in the previous actors. Dalton's approach in playing James Bond was less quippy and more stoic taking on a darker, edgier tone that was a reaction to the Roger Moore era. His performances are remembered as a darker edge and are often referred to as the Bond of the 80s. Timothy Dalton's look as James Bond really reflected the era, I think. It kind of took a step back as style and a step forward as a spy, less as a fashion icon. In many scenes, he goes back to the tuxedo, but only when he really needs it. A lot of the time, he looks like the everyday man, but that's what works well for him, I think. He seems much more of a military man, fit for purpose and ready for anything, rather than a suave jet setter. Sean Connery and George Lazenby really reflected the Cold War era spy. They always looked sophisticated, smart and always ready for the casino. But times had changed and a new breed of spy was born. I mean, just listen to his gun barrel sequence compared to Sean Connery. Sean Connery in Goldfinger... Timothy Dalton, License to Kill. Bond had entered a new age, and Timothy Dalton was just the start.
It's a shame Timothy Dalton didn't do more Bond films because I would have been really interested to see him progress as the character. As I said before, he brought a really dark edge to the character that, that I think without, we may not have the Bond we know today. We just had Timothy Dalton, a dark-edged Bond. And before that, of course, we had Roger Moore, a laid-back, charming, witty Bond. But what would happen if we combine the two together? Pierce Brosnan brought a unique style to the role of James Bond in the films GoldenEye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. Sharp suits, glasses, sometimes ones that exploded, shirts, ties and a smooth demeanour, maintaining a serious and focused disposition throughout the films. Additionally, Brosnan brought a touch of the Irish wit to the iconic role, propelling Bond into the 21st century. It was Brosnan's style that ensured he became one of the most memorable James Bonds of all time. Honestly though, out of all the Bonds, I think he has my least favourite style out of a lot of them. His clothing, 
I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not a big fan of like the late 90s, early 90s style in terms of tailoring. It just became very lazy, I think. They just seemed to dress him in suits all the time. And when he, when he was in suits, they kind of just looked like businessmen suits. I'm not a fan of that era of tailoring at all. But I do think he was a great Bond for the time and he really reflected the era. I think Brosnan really reflected what people were actually wearing then. I mean, when you see him out in combat, kind of in GoldenEye where he's bungee jumping into the the enemy territory, he's wearing that kind of uh, black turtleneck, black kind of, not overalls, but like that kind of look, he's combat trousers, boots. But that's what SAS or like MI6 spies would have been wearing then. I guess the days have gone of kind of camouflage, uh, netting scarves and berets and that. I mean, this guy is a covert spy in the 21st century. He's not going to dress like that. So I think just like everything, everything changed. And maybe I'm looking nostalgically at everything. I love that era of the 60s where people are wearing turtlenecks and knitwear and stuff. But realistically, it's not practical. And Pierce Brosnan was a very practical Bond. I mean, I've known you for a while, and I've seen all the films, and all very good, but you do seem overwhelmed by this. Like, the other night at the premiere, people oh, were just going batty, and you look like, <laughs> This is big, Jay. This is big. This, this is, is the, the biggest it gets, you know. Yeah. Because the expectations are so high on this movie. It's been off the screens now for six, seven years. And uh, the last few kind of got a little bit wobbly and inarticulate. And yeah. I think with this one, the, you know, the movie makers, the producers really paid attention. Yeah. And we got one stab at getting this right, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you're high up on the wire there. Now, when you started, because I remember uh, you were supposed to do Bond, what, about eight, ten years ago? I was supposed to do Bond in 1986. Right, right. And you... this is the network that screwed you about this. This is the, the Peacock. <laughs> yeah. The Peacock peed on me. Really? <laughs> was... Well, tell us, sorry, you were... But it's okay. I had dried off since then. No, 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 but... You know. now... You were doing Remington Steel, but it was it was cancelled, right? I was doing Remington, thank yeah. you. It was a great show. It was in its fourth season, and they put a line through it. They cancelled it. I got offered James Bond. I said yes to the part. and But in the contract, there was a 60-day clause in which NBC, or MTM, who owned the show, they right. had 60 days in which to resell it back. And in those 60 days, I went ahead with all the negotiations, the wardrobe fittings, my stunt double had started, the pre-title sequence in Gibraltar, Etc. Etc. Cubby and I had done all the photographs, you know. Dun -dun 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 -dun. <laughs> and then, you know, the negotiations went on over those 60 days, and it was getting down to the wire. Cubby said, "Look, you can have them for six episodes, but no more than six. And they said, "We'll think about it." On the 60th day, they came back and they said, "We'd like the option of 22." Cubby said, "No way," and that was it. And then you were out. Oh, I man. was out. It was gone. It was on a Thursday evening. I remember my wife and I. We were. We were. We were. We were, we were renting a house down in Malibu. And it was 6.30 in the evening. My agent phoned up and said, it's not going to happen. Well, how many... Did you actually do the Remington Steels after that? I did the six, and then they canceled the show. Oh, man. 
Kev, do I have one of those 68 so, claws? <laughs> <laughs> I would check it out, Jay. But you know, see, all good things come around. They all come they around. They do. It's amazing that this came around a second no, no. time. Now, as a kid, were you an action hero fan? I mean, did you did you go religiously to the Bond films? No, no, no. I grew up in Ireland. I grew but up I in that. a small country town in south in Southern Ireland, County Meath, and there was one little cinema. And I grew up on a diet of. There was a movie called Old Mother Riley. Old Mother Riley films was a <laughs> Scottish comedian who dressed up as a grandmother. He was a crossdresser. <laughs> the English. And I wanted that. to be one of those in life. No, no. It was this. There was Old Mother Riley movies, and then there was Norman Wisdom, and then. 1964, I left to join up with my mother in London. And we were living in South London. The first Bond movie I ever saw was um, Goldfinger. Oh, okay. So, and somebody actually sent me a tape of Goldfinger the other week there, and I was watching it. And August 12, 1964, I left Ireland to go to London. August 12, 1964, Ian Fleming died. So, ooh. Eerie similarities. Similarities. The British fashion house Brioni was responsible for the tailoring of Pierce Brosnan's suits for his tenure as James Bond. Following the lead of their counterparts, the designers crafted a classic silhouette for Brosnan, who was keen to maintain his position as one of the most dapper men in the business. To reflect the wit and sophistication of the Bond character, Brioni tailored the suits to an extremely high standard. They made them with classic cuts, strong and tailored shoulders and a narrow lapel, creating an aesthetic that has become synonymous with the Bond films. But what watch did Pierce Brosnan wear as James Bond? Well, he wore an Omega Seamaster Professional 300 meter quartz, seen in his first out in his Bond in 1995 in Goldeneye, and it was soon nicknamed the Bond Watch. The watch features a blue dial, bezel and bracelet, with a date indicator centred at 3 o'clock and a helium escape valve at 10 o'clock. The watch was designed to be water-resistant up to 300 metres and features a blue Capricorn cut synthetic spinal crown. Brosnan wore the watch in his subsequent portrayals of Bond in Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. Bond, James Bond, is blasting his way onto Nintendo 64 in the game version of the hit feature film, GoldenEye. Read your case file, grab your gun and clever gadgets, then control the actions of 007, the world's most famous spy. Through 3D movement, motion and character showcase the game's amazing realism and different weapons allow you to accomplish your task covertly or not. Play solo or against a friend or foe with a two-character split-screen. Good luck, Bond! Golden eye, go 
There is, of course, just one more James Bond to cover. For now, anyway. If you're listening to this in the future, there might be five more. Let's hope, anyway. But it is, of course, time to discuss Daniel Craig. Now, I loved Daniel Craig's performance as James Bond, and I will, I am actually very, very sad to see him go. I think, in terms of style, it's really interesting, because compared to other Bonds, I think his style has progressed and it's evolved. What I really like about Daniel Craig is he took a kind of a seat as a producer on the films and really kind of shaped the way the films were and he wanted to make something different, but still being true to the roots of James Bond. I remember when he took the role, and um, particularly in Skyfall, I think it was, he said that he wanted to kind of look like a man that was a serving MI6 agent and the kind of part of the Royal Navy and he wanted to have the same fitness levels as someone that was a 
um, acting servicemen. So he trained and and did the same sort of stuff you would um, in a kind of in basic training. So he understood his role, which is commit commitment at its finest, isn't it? I mean, if you've only if you've seen like the Knives Out and the Glass Onion films, you'll know what an amazing actor he is. He can go from doing something completely different to James Bond. And I think for a lot of people that do action films, they can very much remain in that role in every single film they're in. But Daniel Craig has just shown recently in particular, I think, what a great actor he is. Because I think it it's not kind of silly to think, for, I suppose, watching one of those, uh, one of his James Bond films that you think, oh, he's not really acting because it's quite kind of like a, a subtle performance. But... I genuinely think what a great actor he is. I heard somewhere as well that Daniel Craig worked closely with the costume department and they kind of looked at archive pieces um, within British military surplus, kind of what um, people in the Royal Navy were wearing throughout the years and he embodied that look into kind of James Bond. And what I thought was particularly great about uh, Craig's performance as Bond in terms of his costume is that, yes, sometimes it was maybe too extensive and uh, you thought, like, how is he getting all these outfits in such a small suitcase? But um, the look was kind of definitely fitting with that, uh, with the, um, a contemporary spy, I think. He didn't look too out there. He, could, he wasn't always in his tuxedo. Again, kind of like Timothy Dalton, he was wearing the tuxedo if he really had to. But it was ne- none of his costumes, I would say, were done in a kind of caricature way of what a spy should look like. Um, he dressed a lot in Drake's, which is a fantastic label based down Savile Row. Um, you can go and visit their shop. He's often dressed in T-shirts, jeans, knits, sweaters and leather jackets. And Craig even had a modern take on a classic Bond tuxedo in the film Skyfall with a midnight blue shawl lapel. Uh, he has also added unique touches like a cordray navy blue blazer and has worn several items from known brands, like I said, Drake's, but also Tom Ford and uh, Bruno Cincinelli Inspector. And a lot of Craig's look was obviously based on Steve McQueen. If you look at Steve McQueen kind of um, photo shoots, Daniel Craig is wearing outfits exactly by him. But what I think was is good about Daniel Craig's role, it's kind of paying homage to that old action film style and bringing it into the modern age. Now, for all you watch fans out there, of course, I have to mention Daniel Craig's watch. Now, Daniel Craig has worn a variety of watches as James Bond, but most notably the Omega Seamaster Planet Ocean 600-meter coaxial coronometer. This stylish and functional timepiece has a stainless steel case, a blue unidirectional rotating bezel, luminous hands and markers, and a blue leather strap. It is also water-resistant up to 600 metres and features an anti-magnetic nylon strap for more durability. But is the movie world ready for the first blonde Bond? The BBC's David Silito reports. He arrived in a suitably Bond-like style because taking on 007 isn't simply taking on a new role. It's the heart of cinema's longest-running franchise. The guns, girls and evil geniuses are all easy to come by. The key to success is whether people take to this new Bond. I want to make the best film we can, the most entertaining film we can. And 
It's not a question of redefining, but it's a question of taking it somewhere, maybe where it's never gone before. I'm going out. So who is Daniel Craig? Well, roles in dramas such as Our Friends in the North established him as a serious actor. He's also appeared with Gwyneth Paltrow in Sylvia, the movie Lair Cake and Archangel. Women to be here, too many coincidences. But it was his mum who, yesterday, confirmed his next and most important role. It was Sean Connery, more than 40 years ago, who defined 007. Then came, briefly, George Lazenby. Then it was Roger Moore. After that, Timothy Dalton. Some have been more successful than others, but the most recent, Pierce Brosnan, has been both popular and profitable. Thank you. So Daniel Craig takes on 40 years of Bond heritage and Bond fans. Daniel Craig's going to prove a very fine Bond. I think critics are going to like him. It's a question whether audiences will take to him. I think they will. And action! The test is the next movie, Casino Royale. And while we've got a British Bond, the movie is going to be filmed in the Czech Republic. I remember, it's funny to think back really, that when... Daniel Craig was announced as James Bond. I remember like radio presenters taking the mic because uh making fun of him because he had blonde hair, which seems ridiculous now. It just wouldn't happen. Just because he evolved in such an amazing bond and he he surpassed people's expectations of what they expected really. They just thought he was going to be rubbish because he wasn't Pierce Brosnan, I think really, and because he didn't have jet black hair and he didn't fit into that stereotype of what people expected bond to be but you know what i think he's a great bond don't you think he's too small too ugly <laughs> that's what they said wasn't it yeah well you know i bet you'd allow yourself a rather large smile of satisfaction though don't you um I, yeah in a way but it, i it's a, the thing is that would sort of suggest that i entertained what was going on that back then so i just we just when you know i got the sort of the negative criticism came along i just I thought, well, you know what, we've got to make the best movie we can, yeah. and that's it, uh, and concentrate on that, and that's what we did. I put my did, head down. Did you have, when they came and asked you to, to be the next Bond, did you have any second thoughts about it? Did you wonder about it? A few. Did you? Yeah. What, 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 what was it based on, the, the doubt? I'm, I've been working sort of steadily for the past three or four years on stuff that I've, that I've been, you know, I'm very proud of, and I've been kind of hand-picking roles to a certain extent, and... Believe me, I mean, I, as a child, I, yeah, I dreamt of being James Bond. I think me and a million, million other kids <laughs> dreamt of being it. But as an adult, it just never was, it was not on my radar. And as, a, as an actor, I just, I, I thought, well, you know, it's very nice. And I got this call and they said, come along. And I said, thank you, that's lovely. I'm very honored, but what the hell are you on about? This is sort of, you know, craziness. And um, they, you know, I mean, the fact is that it was Casino Royale. And that in itself was the biggest seemed to me the biggest opportunity why? because well I think because we had the chance to take it back and have a look and find out where he came from and discover a little it's more about it. It's the first Bond. Sorry. Yeah, that's and the first Ian Fleming novel. That's right and this yeah. uh, is what he's introduced so therefore all the stuff that the, the cliche if you like that becomes James Bond later on. No we could it's, maybe discover those cliches. You discover the that yeah. it's embryonic yeah. and, that, and, and he is a different Bond. I mean he's, uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's harder, he bleeds, mm -hmm. uh, he falls in love, mm -hmm. uh, he's much more vulnerable in that sense and much tougher in many ways too. Well, I, 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 for me, it was sort of a question of him because we have this fantastic love story, and Eva Green, who, who plays Vesper Lind in the movie, and who's fantastic. I wanted to. I, it seemed to me that the only way to be able to show that he was going to fall in love was to show that he made mistakes and that he, 
he screwed up a bit, that he didn't, you know, that he didn't have a handle on life, and that, wanting to discover who James Bond is a bit kind of later on in the movie. And if, if we just sort of had this guy who was, you know, who just was made of steel from the beginning, then how, yes. how could he have his heart broken? Yes.
Bond's gone on now for 40 years and other actors have taken part. Why do you think its success is so enduring? The ingredients are all there, full of kind of movie that people want to see. It has very good entertaining value. Uh, for example, it's a spectrum of actors. I mean, from myself to Daniel Craig, who I thought was fantastic. Marvellous in the part. Daniel Craig said he saw all, all the films, but he took an immense amount from, from your films. Uh, I suppose uh, um, nicked is a good word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm flattered. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's there to see. And the, the, the danger element, I think he really gets it. I mean, what better compliment there from the man that forged the way for all the others to follow, Sean Connery, the late, great Sean Connery, talking about Daniel Craig as James Bond. Now, you may remember earlier when we had Andy on, I was chatting to him and he asked me what my favourite James Bond theme was. And I said, you only live twice. And I'm not really sure why. I think it's because it's quite different to the rest of the Sean Connery themes. But it's just so evocative of the era of the 60s. Nancy Sinatra's voice on it is brilliant. Let's give it a spin. Here it is.
Nancy Sinatra, You Only Live Twice, a great theme tune, that one. You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy. And it is, of course, the Style of James Bond special. Now, a song I've been listening to a lot for no particular reason at the moment, but it has got a James Bond theme to it, is a song, believe it or not, by Johnny Cash. Now, did you know... Um, when they used to release the film names before kind of the songs or anything for James Bond, they tease what the names of the next film would be. Um, when Thunderball was released and uh, told to the public, Johnny Cash got uh, wind of this and he actually wrote his own theme tune for the film and producers declined it. But what could have been instead of Tom Jones? Um, I mean... It, it sounds like James Bond would have been more of like a westerny sound, but nevertheless, I love it. If you haven't heard it, it's fantastic, and you're going to hear it right now. Here it is. It's Johnny Cash with Thunderball. And all the world can hear it call They shudder at the fury of the mighty thunderball Thunderball The power of her engines now is drowned in the sea But the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free Running free Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Somewhere there is a man who could stop the thing in time He is known by very few, but he's feared by all in crime All in crime By courage and by fighting he has not been known to fall But neither has the fury of the mighty Thunderball Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Money-hungry minds need a threat to launch a scheme But those who hold the thunderball could rule the world, it seems Cannot the peaceful world find a clue to where she's gone? The silent sea won't answer now, but terror lingers on Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man And who's going to suffer from the power in your hand? Johnny Cash with his 
interpretation of a theme tune for Thunderball, which was never obviously picked up. But what a tune that could have been for a film. Brilliant. Um, Sounds like Tarantino could have actually directed the film, which funnily enough, Tarantino did actually kind of hint and, or not hint, but kind of drop that he would love to direct a James Bond film. And he actually wanted to direct Casino Royale. And not sure how true this is, but he wanted to shoot it in black and white, set it in the 60s and have Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Now, it obviously wouldn't fit in the franchise, but still, I would love to have seen that. Well, we are heading towards the end of this Bond-style special of A Cut Above here on The Face Radio, but there's still time for this other bit of music, and it's a fantastic one. It's by Marvin Hamlish, and it's from The Spy Who Loved Me, and it's Bond 77.
177 by Marvin Hamlish for The Spy Who Loved Me, starring Roger Moore as James Bond. Well, we have unfortunately come to the end of the James Bond style special here on A Cut Above on the Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy. It's been a pleasure as always. Remember, you can follow me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, or over on Facebook on my Tom Hoy page. And there's loads of videos for you to check out over on YouTube, over at TomTheMod. Well, we've had Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and last but not least, Daniel Craig. Who will be next? Will we know them? Won't we know them? Who knows and when will we find out? I hope it's sooner rather than later. Regardless of who it is, the bonds we've already had have set the way for films along the same vein in terms of style, look and plot. They've influenced men's wardrobes all over the world, no matter who you are. They've influenced fashion designers, brands and will continue to do so for decades. James Bond style is classic but contemporary meaning it will never go out of style because it isn't about fashion. Once again, thank you to my guest this evening, Andrew Lindsay, for coming on. Remember, go over to modshoes.co.uk to shop the new Dr. No top. It is a lovely top. I've got one in my wardrobe, and it will be perfect when it comes around for summer. Please do go and check them out. They're bringing out more colorways as we speak, and they're well worth purchasing wherever you are. I've been Tom Hoy. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll be back again next month. Goodbye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.